welcome to Make Good, the podcast about yarn and knitting from Scratch Supply Co. We are recording today in downtown Lebanon, New Hampshire, and we're really excited to be here. I'm Karen. And I'm Jessica. We're going to talk about leftover yarn and mini skeins today. Mm-hmm. It felt like the right thing to do coming off of a holiday like Thanksgiving where you may still be wrestling with leftovers. <laughs> Yeah, and it's intensely into the knitting season. So you may have some leftover yarn. You may have some mini skeins. There's little bits of yardage probably all over your project bags and wherever you keep your craft things and in your stash. Just little not full skeins everywhere. So the big question is, what do you do with them? Right. So maybe you want to make something. Maybe you want to use them for something. What do you do? We're going to talk about it today. And don't worry, because this isn't going to be an endless list of just pattern suggestions. (laughs) We are going off the needles today, and we're talking about things you can do with that yarn, not just projects to knit. Yeah. That being said, all of the patterns that we discuss will have links in the show notes, which you can access by swiping in some direction on your podcast app and on makegoodpod.com. Magical. Very (laughs) organized of us. So let's get started. Something I like to do with my extra bits of yarn is save little bits for some visible mending, like repair your socks or your sweater. That's smart. It'd be smarter if I bobbined them or (laughs) labeled them in some way or made a note somewhere that was like, you used it in this sweater. My visible mending is very visible. It's not something where I save that button that comes with the shirt that you buy to attach when you lose a button. It's not that. I never save those buttons. <laughs> that's, I think that's how button jars are born. Yes. Yeah. That's where they come from, right? Sure. For the button savers out there, we save buttons. We put them in a button jar or a Danish butter cookie tin or somewhere. And then when you need a button, dump it out on the table or the floor. You frantically paw through your pile of buttons, muttering to yourself, I know that button is in here somewhere. <laughs> and it's not. Because you've already used it on something else, or it's underneath the couch, or your cat ate it. It's gone. It was a good button. It's part of the process. Yeah. (laughs) So anyways, save little bits of yarn, much like buttons, and that yarn will become part of something else at some future date. Yes. Or not. (laughs) Other fun things you can do with leftover bits of yarn. And as an aside, we're specifically talking about leftovers and mini skeins because a lot of times mini skeins are fingering weight, but you've got leftovers of all sorts of different weights of yarn. Lace weight, bulky, super bulky, everything in between. So finding ways to repurpose that in different crafts is also a good idea. So maybe you want to try your hand at punch needle. I'm not a punch needle person, but there's a lot of cute stuff out there, and I feel like it's a good way to eat up all sorts of different textures of yarn. What if you wanted to use them in a knitted project? The ball is in your court, friends. There are (laughs) a million billion patterns out there that have color work, whether it's stranded or striped or intarsia. There are so many ways to use up your bits and bobs. Since this is basically stash yarn at this point, there's no way for us to even begin to guess what you've got. So do a little digging online and get experimental. Another thing you can do is use it for embroidery. You could branch off into embroidery as a new handcraft or incorporate it into your hand-knit projects. So I looked on Ravelry. There in the filter bar is an option of selecting for embroidery, and I filtered just for knit projects, and there are 
8,201 patterns that incorporate embroidery and duplicate stitch, which is just stitching directly over the stitches you have already knit to change the color of them. Sure, you can do that on endless projects. We have two suggestions for you, but clearly there are thousands to pick from. (laughs) These are only patterns where it's like intentionally incorporated. There is nothing stopping you from embroidering a design on literally anything that you make. Some of them are complicated. Some are really easy. I think one of my favorite embroidered duplicate stitch patterns on Ravelry is some little kid sweater that just has two little V's for eyes and then a tiny little satin stitch for a nose and it's a bear. It's Ah! a brown sweater with a bear face (laughs) on it. And guess what? You don't need a pattern for that. You can just do it. Right. Oh, that's so cute. So two example patterns that I wanted to tell you about were, one, the Scotty sweater by Petite Knit. And it's a pullover. It's nothing exceptionally complicated or out of the ordinary. Like, it's just a sweater. And there are some lines on it running vertical and horizontal. It's not a proper plaid, really, but it's just lines. And they're not part of the knitting. They're stitched on afterwards. Oh, cool. So you could look at that and decide you want to make it. Or you could look at that and just feel inspired to put some lines on anything. There were some cute mittens in the maybe the 10th issue of making that have good embroidered flowers on the back. That pattern's called Late Bloomer Mittens, and it's by Kristen Leggett. I think it was actually the cover of that magazine, the gold one with just beautiful stitched flowers. That was a knit project. That's pretty cool. You can do it. You could also save your mini skeins or your leftover yarn to make pom-poms. I am always surprised every time I make a pom-pom at how much yarn it takes. They're yarn pigs. La, 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 la. Yeah, they use up tons of it. And don't roll your eyes at pom-poms because you can do all sorts of things with them. You might not be a pom-pom hat kind of person, but they're handy in different ways. Yeah, you could like decorate gifts with them. You could decorate your house with them. They don't all have to be the same color either. So if you have like little scraps of different yarn, you can make a multicolor pom-pom with all of the little scraps. Mm -hmm. You can turn them into kids' crafts, make some pom-poms, and stick googly eyes on them. (laughs) Now it's a new toy. All sorts of options. And you can make them with things you have at home. Like You don't have to get a specialty tool to make a pom-pom. You've got a hand, you can make a pom-pom. Yes. I really like specialty pom-pom tools. I enjoy using them. They're so nice. But they are not required in any way. Hands, cardboard, whatever. Mm -hmm. You've used up scrap yarn in sweaters that do not have stripes, except when you knit them, they had stripes. I love turning everything into striped (laughs) projects. I love stripes so much. I don't really know why. I think it's because I like color. It's just a really low effort way to make a project kind of unique. Your stripes don't even need to be the same size. Just throw in some new colors of yarn. You get yourself a lucet, which is one of those palm-sized pitchfork-looking things with two prongs. And you can use them to make shoelaces or eye cords, drawstrings, all that kind of stuff. Lucet use. And there's a chance that it's called lucet, and we're just going to keep calling it lucet. It's very meditative. Once you get the hang of it, you can just kind of keep going. It's kind of fun. If you're not familiar with a lucet or a lucet, I've seen it spelled two ways that would indicate different pronunciations. Right. We'll link in the show notes to information about them so you can learn a little bit about their history. And if you're interested, you could make one or find one somewhere to buy. Yeah, I think I got mine from a woodworker at the farmer's market here. 
There are things you'll find at like craft fairs and farmers markets made locally kind of thing. They're neat. Super cute. Super handy. I have two words for you, friends. Bunny nuggets. Fake. I don't know what that is, but fake. So (laughs) bunny nuggets, if you've been in the knitting world for a long time, you may have encountered Rebecca Danger, who I want to say early 2000s made patterns for monsters and just all sorts of weird little stuffies. And for a while, all of the patterns disappeared, like you couldn't get them online. So it was like, hey, do you have the Rebecca Danger patterns? Like, where do you get the monster stuffy patterns? Right. So they're cute. In 2009, she released Bunny Nuggets. You're basically knitting like a little pillow that has ears and a pom-pom on the butt. Oh, cute. And you stitch on the face and they're super adorable. And that year I made a ton of them. And they're really sweet things to give to little kids to play with. They're nice things to give to your friends that you love or just like leave places. They're adorable. <laughs> love bomb the world with Bunny Nuggets. The Madison Knitters Guild has a free PDF on their website for this pattern, and we will link to it in the show notes in case you want to knit some bunnies. I feel like that's also the kind of thing that once you've done it once, you maybe don't need the pattern anymore. You can just kind of roll with it and make it your own. Absolutely. On the sort of craftier, less knittery side of things, you could use leftover scraps or mini skeins for friendship bracelets. You could use it for macrame. I wouldn't necessarily use it for macrame that's going to hold weight. Like if you're making a plant hanger or something, you might not want yarn unless you're using like a lot of yarn because it it will like the weight of the pot will eventually stretch it out. And I don't know. But maybe if you have a lot of like linen or hemp or cotton, like strong plant fiber leftovers, hold them together and use them up in that. It's your stash. You could make a wall hanging. Those like cool wall hangings that are kind of like scrappy looking where there's just like bits of different stuff in them. Mm -hmm. And that's a total found object project. Can you go outside and find a stick or a branch? Probably. Do you have, (laughs) I mean, maybe not. I don't know where you live, but maybe you have a broom that's on its last legs (laughs) or a broken shovel handle or something like you've got some sort of stick type object somewhere. Chopstick left over from your last takeout night. That's right. It doesn't even have to be a giant wall hanging. It could be a chopstick sized one. String it up and cover it in yarn. I took a weaving class when I was in high school. Well, it was a craft class. We made jewelry and then we also did weaving. And we made our looms out of just like a piece of cardboard that we cut little notches in for all the warp to go into so that it was even. And especially this time of year, there are a lot of cardboard boxes around in the world. You could totally do that with just whatever you got. I'm coming back to knit tiny things because I'm just obsessed. (laughs) Maybe you only have 12 yards left of something and you just can't bear to part with it. If you want super tiny stuff, Mochi Mochi Land. Oh, her stuff is so cute. Mm -hmm. Little teeny tiny triceratops and turkeys and garden gnomes and hearts, all sorts of little tiny bits of things that you could use with the itty bittiest of scraps. If you've seen that, I feel like it pops up a couple times a year on Instagram, the gif of the gnome knitting hearts that float away. Mm -hmm. She did the pattern. I think she did the gif too. Yeah. She did both the pattern and the gif. She's really cool. You could go for a big project that just pulls in all of the bits and scraps and loose ends and mini skeins and half skeins and whatever you've got and make yourself a blanket or a rug. Whoa. Do it. 
if you have a mix of superwash fibers and non-superwash fibers, hold them together because the non-superwash fibers, the untreated wool, will start to felt with wear and make that rug even denser. Oh, nice. You can braid it. You can knit it. You can crochet it. You can do all sorts of things. There are a million YouTube tutorials and Pinterest posts. I'm unclear (laughs) on that. I still don't know how it works. Pinterest baffles me because I feel like I only ever am there when I'm trying to click through a link and then I'm like stuck in Pinterest and I'm just like, I don't understand what's happening. I can't come back. I don't know how it works. Yeah, I don't know how to get it to take me anywhere. But that's a me problem. (laughs) Right. I bet all of you know how to use it. (laughs) You could also use it to knit like a marled project in much the same way. There was the Park and Knit Roy G. Bibb sweater. Yes. That uses this technique, but lots of other patterns use this technique. And you could do it in any project. No one is stopping you. Again, excellent way to play with color. Felting is fun. If you have lots of non-superwash yarn, knit a giant hat or slippers or a bag-shaped thing and then shrink it, because the shrinking is half the fun. It helps if you have a variety of head sizes that you could potentially gift that hat to just to take the pressure off. Like if you are somebody who knows uh, (laughs) a wide range of ages of people with different sizes of head, then if it shrinks too much, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You'll find it a good home. You could use them as decor on their own. Do something like roll them up into little balls and put them in a jar, and now you can put it on your shelf or as a centerpiece or put it somewhere to be pretty. Yeah, crafty business. People do that with sea glass and shells and all sorts of other stuff. Why not do it with your wool? I feel like West Elm would charge you like $150 for hand-wound yarn balls in a glass jar. And you know what? They're not wrong because (laughs) your little hand-wound yarn balls might add up to $150 in that jar. True, oh, true. Entirely possible. But if it's leftover yarn, that's not the feeling that you will have while making it. Can you compete with West Elm at a craft fair? (laughs) We're we're irrationally coming for West Elm. (laughs) You could also use them as practice yarn for any kind of new technique that you're learning. So handy. You don't want to dive into your actual project yarn. But you're like, I really don't know how I feel about fisherman's rib. I have to try this. That's okay. Just practice the actual technique with something else. Right. Make yourself a little binder full of swatches so you can reference things. Mm, Do I think I'll like this? Make a tiny swatch and keep it for future reference. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm not that person right here, (laughs) but I, I think it's a good idea. It is. It is a good idea. Theoretically, it's brilliant. In practice, I don't have that in me. (laughs) And you know what's kind of nice about that, too, is if you had a project that you finished and the whole time you were knitting it, you were like, I just don't like this yarn. I don't want it in my hands. I just don't like it. You can, like, get back at the yarn by not putting it in the binder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. What about like intentional stash busting projects that can help you use up these skeins in one big thing? Uh Uh-huh. So that's a thing. And get on your thinking caps, friends, because I'm about to ask you for help. (laughs) (laughs) 
So Stash Buster projects are excellent. They're fun. They're a great way to use up your stuff. It might be exactly what you want. It might be a total surprise at the end when you have incorporated all of these bits and pieces together. They're fantastic. Last January, February, beginning of 2021, our first knit along as Make Good Podcast was The Penguono by Stephen West. And we did it as a big stash buster project because everyone had just gone through the holidays and had lots of leftover yarn. And it was super fun. And people made amazing penguinos and they all looked so different. They're fantastic. I wear mine all the time. You had someone low-key try to steal yours the other night. They super did. (laughs) I was somewhere. I talked to a woman who was like, did you make that? And I was like, I sure did. And she really loved it. And I saw her later on and she was like, oh, I see you're wearing it. I was kind of hoping you would have left it on the chair over there. (laughs) Like she told me she was going to snag my sweater. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) back to stash busting. We need your ideas because though we're in the middle of a knit along right now, our knit along that's currently happening, Make Good Socks, will not last forever. That's right. It will come to an end, and then it will be time to start a new one, which I think we should make another Stash Buster project. So if you all know of things, start sending your suggestions to us. I really like the idea of doing a Stash Busting project for our first knit along of the year. That makes my brain happy. That just feels right. It's a gift to us all, a little New Year stash cleaning. And that being said, if you have not had a chance to join the Make Good Socks knit along, but you want to, there's still time. We had somebody in the store yesterday who said she thought she'd missed it. And we were like, no, no, you didn't miss it. It goes through the end of the year. We don't care when you start. It's fine. Make more socks. If you already made a pair, make another pair. We'll be running this knit along through December 31st. So like actually literally the end of the year. And participating is super easy. All you need to do is A, either share your pictures on Instagram and use the hashtag make good socks so we can see it. As an aside, your account does need to be public for us to be able to see it. If you have a private account, we just can't. You can post your pictures on our website in the comments of the post about it. Yeah, I did a blog post with the Knit Along guidelines, and you can just comment in response to that if you'd like to upload a picture there Mm -hmm. or a link to a picture there. Yeah, we share those pictures of things in our stories and on our grid on Instagram and at some point, probably on the 31st. We will randomly pick one of you to win a $150 gift card to Scratch, and you don't have to be done with your socks to win. No. You'd never have to finish anything, but we want you to finish. (laughs) Right. For your own personal edification. We want you to have socks. Mm -hmm. And no pressure about when you have them, but also we want you to have them. It got cold. I don't know if it got cold everywhere, but it got really cold here, and I feel like I just need everybody's feet to have in it socks. (laughs) You need the wool to keep you warm. You just do. So lots of things you can do. There are probably like 600 other easy low bar ideas for using up your minis and leftovers. And if you want to tell us what you like to do with yours, send us an email or leave us a voicemail. Somebody did that. It was so exciting. Thrilling. (laughs) It's so great to hear your voices for a change. So just hit the little button on the website and talk to us about what you do to use up your scraps and also leave suggestions for a New Year knit along. Hey, Jessica, what's on your needles right now? Oh, so I am knitting my second sock of my pair of socks. 
but I have updates on finished projects. Right, really, I should have asked you what's on your body right now. Mm Mm-hmm. I super finished, like extra finished my Cinnabar. (laughs) I finished it, I blocked it, and then I let it hang out for like two weeks because I couldn't find a tapestry needle. (laughs) Our tapestry needle struggles. We now have some. Don't worry. We Mm -hmm. got some. (laughs) I spent a week guarding the one tapestry needle that I found. It was in my pocket everywhere. And I'd periodically show it to Karen and be like, look, it's the needle. And then tuck it back in my pocket (laughs) because they've all disappeared. They did. Right. Summer back. So the Cinnabar is done. And I love it. And I posted a picture of it on the Make Good Podcast Instagram grid. So you can see how fantastic this thing turned out despite my struggles. (laughs) We'll say struggles. (laughs) And then I knit a dog sweater. You did knit a dog sweater. I knit the Ursa Canis by Jacqueline Seaslack for Charlie. And it just took me a couple of days. And he looks great in red. Oh, you can tell he feels fancy in this sweater. He should feel fancy in this sweater. It is a good sweater. That dog has a sweater knit out of Madeline Tosh. Mm-hmm. Big mood, little man. <laughs> Big mood. <laughs> we'll share a picture of him somewhere, too, so you can see him in all of his hand-knit glory. Also, because he has such short legs, Sleeve Island did not exist. Jessica was like, I'm going to cast on the sleeves. And then like three rows later, she's like, and we're done with the sleeves. <laughs> Yeah, he's a good-looking dog in that sweater. And now I think the other dogs are going to pressure me to make sweaters for them. Oh, the whole time you were getting such dirty looks from the other dogs. Because they knew it was for Charlie. Yeah. They knew. The struggle here is that each consecutive dog just keeps getting bigger. The biggest dog is like small adult sized. So it's a lot of knitting. I think the biggest dog is bigger than the smallest child in the house. Sweater dimensions, definitely. Yeah, they might be pound for pound pretty close to each other at this point, but that dog is definitely bigger. (laughs) What's on your needles, Karen? Socks. I'm just making socks right now, and it's working pretty great for me. I finished my first everyday sock, so I'm on to my second one, and I did successfully graft the toe of my sport weight socks, so I'm going to keep working on the second sock there, too. So good. So many warm feet. (laughs) So many possibilities opened up by having found a tapestry needle. For sure. (laughs) Things are really hard without it. Hey, Jessica. Yes, Karen. Are you ready for a letter? I am. I am. So this week's letter comes from Krista. Hi, Krista. I have a question about knitting in a movie. Yes. My favorite Christmas movie is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. In it, Aunt Bethany is shown knitting, and it appears she's actually doing stitches. She is shown hitting her knitting needles. I've never seen anybody do this besides her. What is she doing and why? It seems like she's moving the stitches down on the needle, maybe, but it doesn't seem very comfortable. Is this a thing? Okay. Full disclosure, I knew this question was coming because Krista helpfully provided a link to a clip of the movie on YouTube, which I definitely needed because I don't think I have seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation since I was a little kid. So I didn't remember Aunt Bethany even existing. (laughs) 
But, Sorry, Bethany. <laughs> but thank you because this was fun. And we will put the link to this part of the movie in our show notes so you can also witness this. I have heard tell that there is a way to link to a specific timestamp on a YouTube clip. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to do that. If I fail, the thing we're talking about is at one minute and 16 seconds into the clip. And watch the whole clip anyways, because it's the squirrel scene. <laughs> if you don't remember the squirrel scene or have never seen it, it's chaos. Just watch the squirrel scene. It's funny. But I had to rewind at one minute and 16 seconds on repeat to really try and pay attention for this brief and questionable moment in knitting movie trivia. So I think that it's possible that Aunt Bethany is actually knitting. There are some points where I think that that needle is going into places that are not live stitches, so I'm not really sure. I can't vouch for her. But in that specific scene, you were correct. That woman is wildly hitting her needle, like she is hitting the end of her needle. And what I think is happening is that if you look closely, the stitches have slid down on the needle, and they are maybe like two and a half inches away from the tip, and I think that they look tight. And she is trying to get that yarn, those stitches, to move back up. Like she's trying to punch the needle down into the stitches so that they are closer to the end. Oh, interesting. Maybe that yarn is wool. Maybe it's acrylic and it's like tight and sticky on the needles. There's a lot going on in that room. Maybe stage lights, like she could have had sweaty hands. It's hard to say, but I think she couldn't get the stitches to move and was in Wacky Aunt Bethany character and was just whacking away at the needles. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Oh my God. But that is not a knitting technique. <laughs> I think that is a choice that that actress consciously or unconsciously made in the moment to keep working away at the knitting while the squirrel was in the living room. I feel like we're going to find out that there is like a percussive technique. <laughs> you know what? There. Somebody come at me and tell me it's percussive, but I don't believe it. I think she had sticky yarn on needles. Yes. I know that in film, if a character is doing something like playing the violin, they go through like movement coaching so that they look like they're doing it. But mm -hmm. then they have like an actual violin player play. You are not going to learn to play the violin from nothing in the span of a movie filming schedule. I wonder. If there's an equivalent job in, like, we need you to knit in this movie, or if that's just a skill that the actor is already bringing, and they're like, I could do this in the background. I would guess that it's got to be a skill that the actor brings, because there are so many instances of fake, bad, not actually knitting happening in media and stock photos. How are you holding those things? It's totally wrong, you know? Yeah. And by wrong, I mean you're never creating those stitches. Right. It's two crochet hooks. Like, I... Right. <laughs> it's questionable. <laughs> people are like, this is a thing that other people do, right? We'll just fake it. It's all fine. <laughs> yeah, but I think Aunt Bethany is just trying to move around those stitches on her needle. And this is not some, like, sleeper technique that you need to learn. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> and also maybe dangerous. <laughs> right. Right. They're sharp. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't seem comfortable. But good question and fun video reference. Thanks for asking, <laughs> Krista. We've been sitting on this one for weeks until December got here. I think that might be it for us this week. Mm -hmm. 
You can listen and subscribe to the Make Good Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and other places too. Anywhere that you can get podcasts, we're, we're there. there. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. Or exciting. It's thrilling. <laughs> it's like a movie trailer intro. <laughs> Rate and review us while you're there because it helps other knitters find us. You can follow us on Instagram at MakeGoodPod. It's where we post all our fun pictures and share your pictures, too. Yes, if you're doing the knit along, also follow the hashtag MakeGoodSocks because that's where it is. And that way you can cheer other knitters on. Give everyone big sock love. And you can support us on Patreon. We really appreciate each and every one of our subscribers. And that's where we post additional content. We go to a fiber event. We have some wild idea. We're going to share it there first. (laughs) And visit our website, makegoodpod.com. You can fill out a contact form to ask us questions there or directly email us at dearscratch at scratchsupplyco.com. And you can click the little microphone button and leave us a voicemail. It's so fun. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.